Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. Uh, I think I'm still Jonathan London, your host. Uh, and if this is your first Geekscape, well, welcome to Geekscape. We've been doing this since 2006, an almost weekly podcast talking movies, video games, comic books, pop culture, all the stuff that I grew up on, that I grew addicted to. And everybody was like, you know what? One day you're going to grow out of that, Jonathan. That didn't happen. If anything, all of those people started growing into the culture. Uh, but we're not gatekeepers here at Geekscape. We celebrate everybody uh, enjoying this stuff. The Black Panther comes out next week. Uh, have you gotten your tickets? I hope you got your tickets. Uh, I'm bringing Ian and Justin with me, along with my brand new wife, Heidi. Did you hear about that? I got married. <laughs> um, if you're like, what the heck is this guy going on about? You know what? Uh, we're gonna ha- Usually I have a guest, and we're going to have a guest. We have a great guest today. Uh, my friend Caden Phoenix is on talking about her brand new Kickstarter project. And really, um, I just want to pick her brain as a creator, fellow director. Uh, she's a filmmaker. She puts out all sorts of content like regularly. And uh, I want to see how, like, how does she do it? She has this creative metabolism and like this like hustle mind that just keeps going um i feel like i've kept going for the last month and a half uh y'all have gotten a, quite a bit of geekscapes that's been fun uh i've been to three film festivals in the last what five weeks i feel like i was just in austin doing that one and then i came back and uh, i forget what the next film festival was but we shot in san francisco i got married and that we've mentioned that and then uh, i was right off to santa fe and santa fe was a fantastic festival I made a lot of friends and uh maybe you'll see some of them on a future geekscape talking about their films uh I'm forgetting stuff. Oh, yeah, last week we uh, broke down Black Adam starring Dwayne Johnson. Was that fun? Did you all enjoy that podcast? That was out there. If you want to kind of get a gist of like uh, what some of those geekscapes are, Ian and I like to break down those big event movies. So we we put one on the feed just right before this one. You can go check out what we thought of that. And I think She-Hulk is right before that. Uh, so whether I'm interviewing somebody, talking pop culture, maybe their projects, getting into their minds as creators, uh, or we're just reviewing and talking about stuff, this is Geekscape. And uh, we're going to talk to Caden Phoenix about her brand new comic book that you can be a part of, as well as all of the projects she's involved in. I'm not going to count them here because well, I can't. There's just too many of them. But you'll get the gist when we come right back.
All right, Geekscapists, let's get to it. Um, so, <laughs> first thing first, I'm a little distracted right now. Uh, again, I've only been married to Heidi for two weeks. Y'all are y'all are familiar with Heidi. She's been on Geekscape before, unless this is your first Geekscape. And uh, two weeks in, she's already done a white people taco night. That's where <laughs> those of you who aren't sure, maybe maybe that's just how you do taco night. It's where you get the hard shell tacos or like the Ortega tacos or the El Paso tacos. You get them from the store and you um, get a bunch of like hamburger meat or turkey burger or whatever. Uh, and you grill it up and you basically make like tacos like white people. And like uh, I, I went through this uh, last night. We had our very first as a married couple white people taco night like it's a thing there's a song there's a freaking song and if you're on social media maybe you're on tiktok or something like you can find the song um i'm not gonna sing it for you uh it's horrifying but uh yeah i i, I got through a white people taco night it's it, half of me was like uh there's the only taco i know but the mexican side of me was like oh no my ancestors are crying right now <laughs> that being said we did this uh on halloween night uh, to make things more horrifying. We did this on Halloween night, invited friends over to fill out ballots. And I mentioned that because Geekscape is we got the midterms. And I know we don't, we try not to talk politics too much on Geekscape, but this one's not a fuck around and find out midterm. Uh, we really need you in the United States to go vote. Um, dig in, do some research. <laughs> it's it's like weird when you say do your own research. That, that always puts up alarm bells now. Um, but uh, do research on your... Uh, on, on who's running in your local elections as well, because local is pretty damn important. And uh, I want you to go out there and vote. You know what? Um, let us know if you're on Facebook, maybe you're on YouTube, maybe you're watching this on Twitch. Find us on social media and send us a picture of you with your voting sticker. Maybe you're going to be wearing a Geekscape shirt and uh, send it our way. And I don't know, maybe I'll find a, something to send you or something. But I really want all y'all to go out there and vote because uh, it's super important. And you've only got one week left if you're watching this live. Uh, so as for um, white people taco night. I put out a video of my response to white people taco night because Heidi made a video celebrating white people taco night. And um, I got to tell you, as as much as it it hurt, uh, a couple of people chimed in. Lauren Banjo said, "Hey man, you listen to Mr. T Experience. That's about as white as you can get." I'm actually wearing a Mr. T Experience shirt right now. The pop punk band from Berkeley, California. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, you got me there. Uh, Gabe Bravo, who I love. I think he's in San Diego, Gabe is. LOL, I'm 100% Mexican, but I still make tacos like this. I just add different seasonings. Maybe that's the secret. I'm a parent, man, and it's easy. And he throws up the hands up emoji. So, yeah, uh, that's what we did. Invited some friends over, made them white people tacos, and voted. That's what I want you all to do. You don't have to have tacos. Um, but you do have to vote. I would love to see this, some pictures of y'all with your I voted stickers, okay? Is that too much to ask? I don't think it is. Um, all right, so let's get to it. I've got uh, my friend Caden Phoenix here, and she's created this entire superhero line. These are Latina superheroes. She's the credit as the creator who created the first Latina superhero team. If you're watching this live, it's up on screen right now. This is La Brava. We're going to talk to her all about it. And here she is on Geekscape. Hello, hello. Caden, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about with these tacos, the ones that you get at like the grocery store? No, I I, no, I understand what you're saying, but I've never experienced it because I'm just much more not that. 
congratulations on being more colonized. I don't tell anybody Chicana or Chicano. Well, uh, my, my my friend pointed this out as a as a half Mexican, half. Caucasian with the last name London. I'm both the colonizer and the colonized. Like I am one and the same, kind of mixed up in here. So every now and then, like there's going to be a white people taco night at the London household. Like it is the London household. Okay. That's what it that's what it says. So um, I don't know if you're open to it. No, I'm vegan also, so that is my. Oh, I am no, 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 not no. going to show up regardless. Yeah. You're not doing white people talk on night. You're you're barely I, doing Mexican people talk on night. Yeah, well, they have actually really good tacos because they're in LA. Like we have great, um, like gracias madre. Like we have really good vegan tacos and it's jackfruit or it's potato mm -hmm. or just you know whatever any other substance. Um, uh, but they're actually really good. But even here in LA, we even in the white people area, um, we fold our tacos with regular. You know, they're not hard shell, of course, because why would they be? But that's just me. You know, it's a thing. And I got to tell you, when I went to the grocery store and was like, are we really doing this? Is this really <laughs> something that's happening? Uh, not only did I find the hard shell tacos, but uh, there are some that are like Taco Bell Dorito flavored that you can buy at the grocery store. I found Takis flavored tacos. Um, like the, it, it's, uh, yeah, the corporations definitely jumped in on it. <laughs> I, I was like, okay, what's what's gonna be the least painful? <laughs> Both my bot. <laughs> Let me just give the least painful option. Both to me and and my crying ancestors that I feel over my right shoulder, right left yeah. shoulders. Those are probably probably British. Yeah, they're just happy like, because they have flavor now in their tacos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they actually they're they're like, oh, this is too spicy. Too spicy, <laughs> too, too spicy, Jonathan. Um, so, yeah. Caden, talk to me about yourself because, like, I yeah. consider us friends, but really, like, we met because I was like, "Hey, this woman's got some real cool stuff going on." Uh, comic book creator, filmmaker first and foremost. You've acted, yeah. you've done all sorts of stuff, and I don't know how you fit it all in. Um, maybe that's why I have you on Keekscape to pick your brain and copy your playbook. But sure. how do, how do you present yourself and like where did where, where did you start out where did you come from I want to know everything. That's a big question, uh, plural. <laughs> uh, I am from East LA. I'm born and raised here, third generation. I went to Loyola Marymount University, so right over on the bluff in Santa Monica. I majored in business administration. I'm sis in business um, marketing. I'm sorry, I'm sis in marketing. And so I did marketing afterwards. And then I just kind of pivoted. I needed a creative outlet. And so I started writing. And I chose screenwriting over novels just because film seems much more much more fun than novel writing. And so, you know, I just taught myself the structure. You read, you know, like you read Sidfield, you read all like the hero's journey and all that extra things that you read. You know, you just start writing. Um, and that's kind of all I, that's how I started off. That was some years ago. And, you know, you, I wrote a feature-length screenplays. I saw, like, no one's reading my stuff because I don't know anybody, obviously. So I pivoted and I started doing um, directing, like, short films. And so then I, you know, because Crypt TV allows any submissions if they're one minute or less. And I don't do, like, horror, but I can do it really easily. And so I was like, great, I can do that. And so that's how I got my crew. That's, you know, I, I threw myself on set, which is really nice. And so I learned everything like, within production my negative budget and then continued writing meanwhile of course and like my first thought is like okay if I could write anything if I can see anything on the big screen that was mine what would it be and my first thought was a Latino superhero and so I was like great I can write that right that was really easy and so I wrote out a, a feature-length screenplay I wrote out a short film as well and I shot it and then I wrote a um 
Yeah. And so then we shot it and everybody I showed it to asked me for the comic book based on the based on the short film more so than the screenplay because uh, that's easier to show. And so every single time I was like, no, I don't, I'm not, I don't do comics because I didn't do comics at that time. And then like enough people asked me and I'm very truth by consensus. So I was like, okay, fine. I will do a comic. And so I researched, you know, I pivoted again to this new world. Um, and I researched comic versus graphic novel. And I just chose graphic novel because financially it made more sense that way. And then that's kind of how it started. And that was in 2019, so a few years ago, right? The pandemic. Whoa. And <laughs> if I look at it, well, if I look at like your, like, work your body work mm -hmm. it feels like this is something you've been doing for 10 years not oh, three yeah because you have a lot of shorts and like how many of them were at loyal marymount because i think loyal marymount is kind of like an under the radar really good film school oh thank you um, I, 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 know. Actually, I, I sincerely I think that more. like i see a lot of the i see a lot of the thesis films here and there they'll float up at festivals mm -hmm. and oh, you'll Whenever I see like a student block or something at a festival, mm -hmm. I like to look at the credits and be like, okay, like where did this short come from? And everybody talks about places like, of course, USC, you've got UCLA, mm -hmm. you've got Chapman. I've been more than a few times um, taken by surprise that something that I thought came out of one of those more notorious film schools, mm -hmm. Loyola Marymount. And they have a pretty cool uh, film department. You did not come from that. I would think that you I may have started your short films over there i did take film classes of what i could and theater classes and but those were mainly like those are like the really fun electives right because those were not that wasn't my major in either one of those and so like did i enjoy watching like we had um females throughout the decades right like throughout the years and so like we had the 40s you know in the film noir and then we had this like we literally went through the decades of females uh protagonists you know and what mm -hmm. it meant and how it reflected through the times you know like little things like that but actual film production no absolutely not i would never do film production and i still would never <laughs> do film production because <laughs> i'm a director and so i i'm not technical in any way and i'm the first to admit that and that's fine i'm a creative director uh and same thing with theater is so many plays and like really great stuff but um, those are just electives because I had I had free electives and so I took them. Um, but maybe um, I would hope so. I would think that they have good film production. Everything there at my school is pretty good. And so, how did things start going? You said Crypt TV. You started putting together yeah. these. What are they like? One minute. They're one minute, minute horror, and they're like they have no art. It's just a little quick reveal. That's really because in one minute you have to tell a story, which is not really a story at all because you have no characters. Mm -hmm. You have literally nothing. It's like a it's like a gag. Yeah. Yeah, you have the setup, and then here's the reveal, which is just the scare, and that's all it is. And how did you get wrapped up in that stuff? Because that's something that when I saw that it was like, oh, one minute shorts. Eh, I don't yeah. know if I, you know, um, I think that's the best way to approach them is like they're a gag. They're like a piece yeah. of a short. They're like yeah. they're like a setup and payoff. That's it. Yeah, oh. um, I just seemed fun. Honestly, it seemed like a challenge. And it seemed easy because it's one minute and it is it was really easy. Um, and that's why. But it, that wasn't I mean, that wasn't the overall goal is like, okay, cool, Crypt TV, that'll help set so I can pivot to the next stepping stone, etc. But like, I didn't even get in, I shot like three of them, and I didn't get in any of them. <laughs> so but, but it wasn't the point, like the overall thing is I taught myself how to be a director, I taught myself how to be a producer, my, be my own first AD, obviously, I was crafty, I was literally everything. And that was great. But as you're putting them in, like, I have no idea how the Crypt TV thing started. You you yeah. shoot these things, you put them together quickly, you submit them. They have mm -hmm. to be accepted onto, I guess, our platform. If yeah. if not, you're just putting them out yourself, correct? Correct. And that yeah, has its own was, benefits as well. Well, for me, the benefit was it was my film school. I taught myself. That was really mm -hmm. it. I mean, 
It would have been a in bonus the- if it, it would have gotten in, but whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I, I- I think we've started to realize that like Hollywood has been existing just fine for like over a hundred years without us and they don't really want us. And they're going to keep kind of keeping that door open or door closed. And we just have to create our own thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that you've done that. Um, How much of your marketing degree that you got from Leo Marymount do you use in things like this Kickstarter that you've got going on that we're going to talk about a little in a little bit, but um, how valuable has that been? I got so lucky that social media took off because that's all marketing. Like literally everything on social media is marketing, right? It is your brand. You are your own brand. Uh, Here's your key points. Like literally it's so easy. Here's your target demographic. Um, It's, it's really easy. Uh, I enjoy it. I think it's really fun. Um, So I I would say all of it. I would say I don't like we did, you know, I had to take accounting and all these extra little things that we had to take international business and all this other stuff. But, you know, like and some of it plays into it, of course. But do I ever need a balance of sheet? No, of course not. I have an eye on accountant. But, you know, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to know all these extra business managerial like because we had to take all we had to take a lot of emphasis. We had to take all of them, but obviously minus marketing. But um, everything's a business. It was just a great default. I got really lucky. But like whatever industry you go to, it is a business at the end of the day, right? Do you make your money? If not, it's a hobby. And so there's little things. So in regards to my Kickstarter, yeah, it's marketing. It's just like you post a week or two beforehand. You post on a Tuesday. You find out the data, right? All market is, marketing is all data-driven. Everything's data-driven. And so you find out the information prior based on your past results or based on other people's past results. Uh, and then you just go from there and you see what works. But you write these comics as well, like the, yeah. the, I'm guess, well, I mean, I'm guessing. I'm, I mean, I'm leading you because I know yeah. the answers. But uh, you write the screenplay. People are like, eh, "Is there a comic based on this?" And that that's been like the norm in Hollywood for like the last ten years. Is someone saying, mm, "Is this based on anything?" Like, where's the risk mitigation of like middle management Hollywood, where they just say, "Oh yeah, this sounds really cool. We're really into it. Uh, we're scared." Uh, is it based on anything that I can then uh, take to my boss and say, well, it was based on a comic and people went to yeah. see Iron Man. Like, can you not fire me? Um, <laughs> where did you start learning to, because I feel like comics and screenplays are kind of paced differently. They're a little, they're, they're cousins, but yeah. taking, you don't just like take the screenplay, hand it to the artist and be like, there you go, pal. Like they have to be paced and structured a little bit differently. Um, how did you start learning all that stuff? And I'm guessing you did it within the last three years. Uh, so I do not write screen. Um, I write screenplays as screenplays. Mm-hmm. I'm a screenwriter for my artist, for my penciler, who's the first one that takes it. I still have my screenplay. I don't adapt it to the comic structure form, but I, what I do do is I do storyboards because I'm also mm-hmm. a director. So I know how to do the framing, right? And I just break it up. And just, um, I generally do four by four, so four across board panels down. But sometimes three or three, whatever. Um, but I literally do a storyboard just because that's what directors do regardless. They take the script and they do the storyboard based on the framing sizes, right? So establishing or two shot or whatever. Um, and I do that, but I, and I just add a little bubble here with the text so I know how much empty dead space is behind them. So they know that they don't need to fill that with background images. Uh, right. And then I do the next panel and I do 60 pages because everyone has a 60 page contract on my artist. So I do all that work for them first, one, to make it faster. And two, because I like my shot sizes and I'm because I'm a director. And so I like and I like control of that. And so I do that for those two reasons. And so it makes it faster and I get the panel sizes that I want. They do have leeway. 
uh, all my artists, um, I tell them that if they can make it better, that they can change it. And they do. Here and there, they'll change the angle and it's a better angle and that's totally fine. Um, that's fine by me. You know, as long as it makes it better, why not? No, it's like working like with a DP. I always feel like, yeah. like you said, it, when I'm on set, like if I'm just kind of the least talented person technically in any of those arenas, like I mm -hmm. think we have a good chance of doing something better because you don't want me running the camera you don't want me setting up the, you don't want me doing a lot of that stuff um because you know i think a director has to be like a mile i say this a lot on geekscape too um a mile wide and an inch deep like you have to kind of know everything but <laughs> maybe an inch deep is short selling but you just have to kind of know everything and have That's sort of yeah. sort of your your technicians and then you're basically the tastemaker you're basically the person who's like hey a little bit more a little bit less a little left a little to the right little up and down and yes we're so close there and yes uh storyboards are a big part of that um yeah. i like floor plans <laughs> i gotta tell you <laughs> uh i got to see Catherine hardwick talk in santa mm -hmm. fe and uh y'all know her geek skip is because she did lords of Dogtown, she did 13 and of course she did the movies with uh she did the what was the vampire werewolf ones the twilight movies and she had a short in the gamma del toro cabinet curiosities that came out i think last mm -hmm. week on netflix and she's just a major nerd like i am and it was so reaffirming to have her show a like her floor plans her art like you said just like little like stencils and little things that she drew and little you know she busted out the color crayons or the color pencils and stuff and yeah. was doing her own um, wardrobe but well. seeing the floor plans to me was the most reaffirming thing because i love that kind of stuff she was an architect so huh. she approaches the, cool. she approaches it pretty much as an architect top down but um I usually go Geekscape. So you don't need to know my process at all, but um, it is usually floor plans because meet space. People are gonna have to stand there. Camera's gonna have to go there. You just yeah. want to make an order of shots and then shot list and then and then for stuff that you need to uh, that you need a storyboard for. You put the storyboards together. You put the artwork together. Um, here you are as a director. Have you drawn your entire life? Because that's something that comes yeah. to me, but it doesn't come easily to me. No, I I'm not an artist at all in that sense. I'm actually really my little my stick figures are very scary looking. Like you don't want me to draw. But so you're, for, these these like storyboards are pretty basic that you're doing for your artists. They're mainly oh, yeah, composition. Yeah, they're, stick they're really scary stick figures. Um, <laughs> on the bottom it tells them it tells them who they are, right? Of course, they all look like same. R on the you put an R on somebody or like a Q or something or like an S for their yeah. names. On the bottom, that would tell us like, what their action is, their name and their action on the bottom of the panels. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I do not draw at all. I was never an artist. And 60 pages of that stuff is a lot. How long <laughs> would it take you to... Okay, let's say you have a 60-page story. I'm guessing you don't write them all as screenplays first at this point, do you? You write them as 60-page comics. No, they're screenplays. Every single one of them is a 60. Oh, so it's like a TV script. Is this roughly a 60 page um, script? I'm trying to break it all down. The math. Got it. So I read out at the beginning, the first ones were actually 90 or within because they're feature scripts. And I still mm -hmm. follow, I still follow the same structure I use regardless for a feature film, not, not a pilot. But um, now because we're the princesses, I got smarter because I had to keep cutting scenes out of all my superhero ones because they were too long. Cause I had to, cause from 90 something, I had to bring it down to 60 pages uh, in regards to the panels. And so I'd had to cut scenes out in dialogue left and right. 
So now I'm just writing shorter. So I'm just being, I'm still doing my, my structure, my hero's journey structure, but I just write really quick. And so I kind of cut off the, a lot of the first act for the most part. Um, at least a little bit of the setup, but not that much of it. Um, but yeah, I just write a little bit faster. Like I just write thinner is pretty much it. And are you writing dialogue in depth or are you waiting for the art to come back and just kind of massaging it there? How in no, depth everything is the I write goes on the page. Uh, I mean, if it's, if I'm on the screenplay to storyboard, if I have, if I put it on the dialogue box, it stays in the dialogue box. And so it'll end up on the comic. How long does this take? Let's say you're like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to knock out a 60 page script. How long is that process? For a screenplay it takes me a month to write out a screenplay, a feature length screenplay. Those are a little bit faster because they're 60 pages. So it's not that bad. I, I average five to 10 pages a day if I can see it. So it's just from, it's how good I can see it prior within my outline. Cause I do outline prior. And then when I'm writing, um, we'll say like, we'll say two, two weeks to four weeks, just to be fair on the average. And you're just fleshing out that prior outline, well, going to script, going to pictures. Yeah. And then the storyboard takes me a week. So it's only storyboard. And it's stick figures. <laughs> As you said, it's like, it's yeah. like fun little. <laughs> it's really boring, honestly, but yeah. I know I, I'm fascinated by it because everybody has their own method and people come on Geekscape and they have a different approach. They say, oh, I write it in full script, full comic script, which I found like when I wrote the Miami Vice comics, I found them to be the most. I found it to be counterproductive to like this mm -hmm. stream because like you, like you said, like you can knock out five pages in a day because you're just flowing. But in comics, when you're paneling at the same time, you're flowing. Yeah. That to me started kind of denting my head i was like wait a minute now i'm actually like putting captions and descriptions in here i kind of like your version better i think your version actually works a little better it's like hey let's do a roughly a 60 page script um we know a page of script is roughly going to be a page of comic so let's make sure to okay. like you said like in the outline let's make sure to balance the drama and the exposition and the action because mm -hmm. it's got to have action um and then we're in a pretty good place at the end of a 60 page screenplay to start knocking these things out a page at a time into thumbnails. Yeah. I'm looking at the idea of doing another comic book project. So I was like, let me ask Caden on here. She's got this <laughs> Kickstarter and I've got to pick her brain about this stuff. Cause you know what? Weddings behind me, other projects behind mm -hmm. me, this film, this film that I have in festivals now array, it's got, I think one more festival left in it and that's cool. behind me it's time to start thinking about the next creative project. If it's a comic, mm -hmm. I need, I need to learn how to do it better. Cause Miami vice was just me like smacking my head against the computer <laughs> being like, I don't want to break down this stuff into full script. I don't find full script to be fun to write at all. And I think more and more comic creators agree. Mm, I don't um, know. But you I, also, I, yeah. I, I was going to say, you also don't just point. give you, you also don't do the Marvel method. And like the Marvel method is basically describing stuff letting the artists do whatever they want for the most part. Okay. And then, and then coming back and putting in the dialogue, which is what Stan Lee used to do. He would put the captions the dialogue later after the artists kind of defined the flow of the story as artists, as visuals. Correct. So because of, I care more about the story and the character arc than then hey, I do hey. pictures themselves. Okay. So throw that at me again. So screenwriting, right? You care about the yes. story. Whereas if you think of the comic book structure, the way that comics actually do, like writers for comics, there is a box for the panel. Here's a line, above the line is the dialogue and below the line is the action. 
And then there's another box and the exact same thing over and over. And that's how writers write comics. And that's stupid because I'm not the artist. It's not my job. No, it's not my right. job. I'm doing the storyboard just to make it go faster, but it's not my job to draw anything. It's not my job to see the world or see, you know, that's a directing thing, but really it's easy or that or the penciler's job. But my job is to give you a good story with the character arc, you know, with the, mm -hmm. with the B story, with everything else that goes with it, with the theme. Um, so if you look at comic book writing, no one really cares about the writing in itself. They care about more about the character. Why? Because it's all like, let's save Metropolis, let's save Gotham, let's save Central Park, you know, let's save Central City. You know, like they just say, let's save this over and over. It's the same story over and over if you look at it. Or the world, if you're, if you're like a Justice League or Avengers or whoever, if you're a bigger, if you're a team, you save the world, right? Um, it's mundane, right? It's been done, right? You don't need a story for that. You do have some of your more. I mean, when we talk about graphic novels, we talk about some of the, there's there's a lot of stuff that's not superheroes though, and I'm not being defensive totally, but um, like Paper Girls is really good. Paper right? Girls was great, and it was Lumber brutal James. that it, the fact that they freaking canceled Paper Girls. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't happy about it. I thought that show was. I thought those episodes we got were really, really great. Yeah, and, it was really cute. It reminded me of uh, ET a lot. I don't know why. Well. I read the, I mean, the comic I thought was fantastic. Um, and I wanted to see that story on screen. And for the most part, Geeks gave us who missed the Paper Girls uh, adaptation on Amazon. Um, that's a, the liberties that they took with the comic, I think were really smart adaptation of TV liberties. Um, the comic's great. Don't get me wrong. I think that that, that comic's fantastic and you'll enjoy it if you go pick it up off the shelf. But uh, I think the TV show is getting set to be equally as fantastic in a TV sense. And it, they were fleshing out the right things and contracting the other stuff that needed to be contracted. I Super sad when they when they canceled it. There's so much good TV, though. They're like, I don't even know what to watch at this point. Like, there's too much. Um, what were some of your influences? And we really should start talking about the Kickstarter too. But what was some of your influence? <laughs> I'm like so fascinated. I like Caden. I get people on here, and I just start like yeah. absorbing th their approaches. Okay, uh, like, influences in regards to what? And growing up, like you didn't just like start up and be like, I think I'm going to tell stories. Like, what were some of the stories that influenced you when you're growing up, or like any of it? Um, so I grew up a lot of movies, so mainly musicals, because my grandparents raised me as well as my mom. And so anything, literally anything, Julie Andrews, Sound of Music, Mary Poppins, I saw a million times over, um, King and I, of course, just anything. I saw a lot of musicals growing up. Um, also, my grandparents took me to the movies every weekend. So whatever was out, it didn't matter. So I'm a really, I'm a millennial. So like anything in the 90s was great because we saw two or three movies every weekend. And so it's just like, because it literally didn't matter. It's just like, we're going. And you just, when we get there, we figure out what we're going to watch. Um, and so lots of times, like, I'm very much more into features than anything else in, in that regard. Not that I'm against TV, but just because that was my childhood. Um, so a lot of that in regards to the strong um, movies that I watched, you know, anything with Gina Davis, anything with Sigourney Weaver as well, right? Because we had really cool movies with them in it, you know, Long Kiss Goodnight, of course, Leave Their Own, just Alien, you know, like any of the, all the cool stuff was them. And so they're definitely some of my influences. My mom, of course, um, in that sense as well. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I, I cannot, I mean, I didn't watch the new League of Their Own. Heidi watched it, the new League of Their Own so that they good. brought back. Was it yeah. really good? I, yeah. after they canceled Paper Girls, I was worried that they were going to cancel League of Their Own, but they Just, haven't yet, correct? 
No, it's for an older audience. It's not for little kids. That's why, for one. Um, for two, yeah, it's definitely, it's teen and up, but, like, it's for adults, and so that's why it's really cool. It's very historical in that sense, if you understand, like, the times and all the underlying themes of coming into one's own they do that. They show the, they show the prejudices against pretty much anyone marginalized, right? So if you're female, if you're non-white, if you're whatever, non-straight, you know, it's just like they show it all. They don't throw it in your face, but you understand it as it goes through. And it's just how they're each trying to survive. And what I liked uh, looking at Halloween over the weekend and all the people that were out and obviously on social media, there were a lot of people that I know that were dressing as Lee, their own characters. And yeah. I, I remember seeing it, the movie when it first came out. I'm older than you by a little bit of a stretch. And um, I remember going to see the movie and it was kind of the beginning of Tom Hanks's like comeback. It was before yeah. Philadelphia, before Forrest Gump. And Tom Hanks was kind of like, I mean, Doe versus the Volcano really hurt Tom Hanks. The Burbs, sorry, Joe Dante, former Geekscape guest, like the Burbs really hurt. Tom Hanks, but League of Their Own was the one that he didn't have to be the lead in. Gina Davis was. She was awesome. She was kicking ass. Like you said, Long Kiss Goodnight when it was sold. I think Shane Black, that's the highest grow. That was the highest sell of a that was the highest price mm-hmm. for a screenplay when it when they sold Long Kiss Goodnight. Um, and she was the lead in it. And it gave Tom Hanks a chance to like not be the play like second fiddle and actually like do his thing and i think that was the beginning of tom hanks his like career kind of fixing itself but seeing and i was like okay well, cool that's a movie from like what 91 92 seeing mm-hmm. how much league of their own stuff was out this weekend and people were dressing up as league of their own was awesome because it's a testament to as much the old movie but this new tv show which i i heard is great heidi loved it she said it was awesome all right let's talk about your stuff are we ready let's talk about your stuff um this credit with the first female superhero, uh, Latino superheroes. Um, can you walk me through them? I'm going to bring them up here on the screen. This is La Brava. This is your superhero squad. These sure. are your babies, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, who we got? Talk to me. So, you explained it to me at Comic Con in San Diego, but I want to hear it here for the Geekscapists. Okay, so on the far left with the one of the orange background, that's Jalisco. She dances flocorico, but it's come out of her dress. She is my Mexican superhero. They're all different heritages. The one to the right of her is Santa. That's my Texan girl, so my Tejana. She has divine strength and deja vu. She takes on a corrupt politician called Ice, who's running for mayor. Next one over is Loquita. She is my supernatural teen detective, Puerto Rican-Cuban from Miami. She ends up, um, let's say, she ends up fighting a demon and saving the high school. There's more details to that, but there's that one. Uh, again, to the right is Ruka, my East LA Chicana. That's where I'm from. She has instant karma. She ends up saving the kids being stolen from the neighborhood. She tracks down a body of Logan in San Diego and fights La Monja, which is the nun. And then the last one is Bandita, my Dominican gunslinger from New York. She has a bullet bounce, meaning she can ricochet bullets off walls. She infiltrates a Broadway theater group and takes them down. And now you've got these five different superheroines, so mm-hmm. Latino superheroes, um, but what where did this idea come from that you were the first i'm not saying you're not like like i can't think of somebody before you that did this which one was your very first uh, character jalisco Um, was the very first one that's my mother's birth state right there jalisco um and where did the idea come from you'd written the screenplay you're ready to put it Mm -hmm. out there did you get any pushback did anybody be like oh that's not gonna work oh Um, i don't know no, you really, you really I, want to take this to a bigger publisher. Like, did it kind of dovetail with? You said it dovetailed with social media. Was something like Kickstarter or something that helped you off the 
the bat? Like yeah. in 2019, I guess Kickstarter was already a thing. Um, how did you tackle that? Because Kickstarter, you got to come in with a strategy. You got to really, how much were you raising on the Kickstarter for that first project? So for Jalisco, the comic, I didn't raise any money because I wasn't even thinking about it at that time. But the second one for Santa, I definitely did. And Santa, I started, I put it at three just to start because this was my first one for Kickstarter. She's talking about my second book. And I ended up getting 7,000. And so I got really lucky And because um, she did really well. She presents. She has very cool colors as well. Like she's, like she's a Texan. Cool palette. Yeah, she's my Texan girl. Yeah. Like, it was a fun. It was political. It's still political. That's a, that's, so, it's cool to be from Texas when you're like her, not when you're like <laughs> Ted Cruz. But um, sure. <laughs> it, yeah. Texas represents. <laughs> I'm Texan. Sorry it. about that. Yeah. All right. So um, she she did really well, and so for the next ones, I put I started them all at five, and so they all ended up with seven or eight thousand. Um, so I beat my 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 green light, and then I got a couple thousand more, which is really nice. Um, so definitely Kickstarter helps in regards to printing costs. It doesn't cover all my printing costs. Um, obviously, it does not cover any of my artist costs, but it doesn't hurt because it does get the word out, you know, like, and obviously I do pre-sell a lot of them because they're throwing money in and they're getting a book at the same time. So it doesn't hurt. There's um, different causes that I have on it. So you can donate a book to high school. You can donate a book to the Girl Scouts or whatever organization I'm donating to as well. So I enjoy it. I mean, um, I have Mashika right now. That's my new one that I'm doing a, a crowdfunding for. That's my next series. That's my phase two, as I call it. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. I'm this, La Brava, what I loved about it is that you put out these five different books. Did you put out a sixth book that kind of collected where they all team up, where they kind of collected all of them? Is that yeah, that was the one you had at San Diego this past yeah, summer? Yeah, it debuted at, at San Diego Comic Con. So that's called La Brava. That's the name of the team. And it's exactly that. They all come together because, you know, politicians are getting killed off one by one. And so that's why they get banded together to find out who it is before it goes up the ranks to the president. And that was yet another screenplay. And this, <laughs> this is such like another, this is like such like a, um, I guess comics are so popular right now. And obviously like we have comic book movies every other weekend. Um, any interest in this stuff? Cause either as a cartoon or as a film series or as a TV series, like I think this stuff kind of lends itself really well to yeah. th that kind of media. Yeah, when Jalisco came out, the first one, I got brought into a couple networks um, right off the bat, where just with my one book, and then we hit pandemic, uh, and then I, that time I ramped up, et cetera, and I kept, and there was there was no more meetings. I had three really great meetings um, already prior. Uh, the, the pandemic no killed them? I'm sorry? The pandemic kind of killed them? Um, no, it didn't kill them per okay. se, but like Warner Brothers brought me in, and like the first thing they said, it's hard to do it because we already have superheroes, which is absolutely true because they owned all of DC, which is great. Disney, same thing. They're not going to go, they're not going to, they have a Marvel library of thousands of people. They're not going to grab me, which is fine. But the point is I still got the meeting, which is really nice as well. Yeah. And, and they're so, like, don't like, worry. We have Batgirl. Her movie's coming out in a year or two. Yeah. Don't worry. It'll come out yeah. eight. And then Absolutely. Um, but, you know, it it doesn't hurt. And honestly, everyone's really nice. And like, they're really supportive regardless of everyone that I spoke to prior. Um, and so now, now that I have my new, every time I get a new, like new source, um, I get something else, right? And so when I had LA Times at San Diego Comic Con Special Edition last year, I got three I got three arts. It was three arts and anonymous. And so I chose three arts. And then this year at San Diego Comic Con, I got Spectrum News again. And so I had a really this is great coverage. Production. You're talking about getting yeah, coverage. coverage, news coverage. Yeah. I get really lucky with my news coverage. And so I had a really cool production company um, come in because they, they saw my, um, my news coverage. 
And so I'm talking with them right now. And then also I have another really cool, same thing, I, I have networks, I have different networks that I'm speaking to. Uh, nothing is set in stone, so I can't say anything regardless, but it's still really cool either way. No, it's awesome. And I think it's deserved. Like you really are an ass kicker. And uh, I think that's, I was like, I got to have her on. She's so that in like a couple of years, I can be like, hey, oh, Caden was on Geekscape. <laughs> oh, yeah. Caden was on Geekscape. Um, well, let's talk um, about this brand new Kickstarter. I'm going to go ahead and share the Kickstarter up here at Geekscape. Uh, and this is, like you said, it's a brand new phase. Uh, and the Kickstarter is active. Geeks gave a spoiler, though. Caden uh, blew past that goal, too. Uh, when you were talking about putting up Kickstarters for your little Brava characters, um, mm-hmm. you were talking about, like, for after the, the third, fourth, and fifth one were all kind of like a $5,000 goal. Mm-hmm. You went back to a three grand goal. A three grand goal. See, that three times fast. Uh, for this new one, yeah. why, uh, you, why, why not go for five? Not that you're not going to hit five, but... Were you kind one, of saying, hey, this is a brand new, like, correct. kind of a brand new flavor? One, because I don't have as many followers on Latina princesses as I do Latina superheroes. Two, my demographic is different because their princesses are younger. So I don't have that demographic yet in regards to my followers or my supporters. And then three, we're in a recession. And so, like, you're paying five or six or seven dollars for gas, as you know, like, you, you're a little bit tighter on money kind of deal. And so for those reasons, I chose 3000, which is fine. I got it like in a day and a half, like no big deal, but like, it's, you know, it's cool regardless. I, I got it. Um, it's an introductory to a new series. Mm-hmm. Now talk about this one. This is, you, you said you already did the superheroes. These are the princesses. To me, they always yeah. feel like goddesses. Like this, <laughs> this is like the pantheon that looks over La Brava. Are they connected uh-huh. in any way? Like, if you re- like, are there references to these characters in La Brava books, do they interconnect? I mean, I'm a I'm a Marvel nerd, so of course I want everything to interconnect. <laughs> you know, I sit through those <laughs> stupid credits. Um, how does this work? Like, there's not so, any carryover from what, the work you've done before. They are actually all going to meet eventually, um, but I have to figure out that timeline because they're in different times. So these are native and Latina princesses. Uh, thank you. They're not goddesses though, but they are princesses. But they all live within the same quadrant within the galaxy. Um, and you, you, we learn all this stuff later on on the sixth book of when they become a team together. But yeah, you do see little um, eggs of different La Brava characters within each of the comic books of the princesses comic books. So that's to come here. You absolutely don't because she's Mashika Aztec princess. So she's much further back in Mesoamerican times. Mm-hmm. So the superheroes would not have existed yet as of that time. So you absolutely don't see anything in this book. But this one, um, it's a cute story. She goes on an adventure like all the princesses do in my series. She needs to become a crown princess. So she has to do her uh, princess initiation, meaning she gets told three riddles. She has to go out and venture and find the three corresponding prizes that go with the riddles and then return like, to, to Aslan, um, to her kingdom. Uh, but she doesn't know that the neighboring tribe, the Tracala, is attacking um, the Aztecs. And so she thinks they're part of the initiation. So it's very cute. It's a little bit more like home alone in that sense. Or she defeats on those of the Tracala, the, our enemies, um, that are attacking the Aslan, or Aztecs as right now. And so she defeats someone every turn, very cute ways, very home alone type of ways, right? Because my princesses can't fight. And she ends up returning um, as a crown princess with the three and, riddles along the way. And she teams up with like a leopard and this looks like a fire. Yeah, so that's, a, that's an ocelot actually. So an ocelot, okay. With, yeah, so that's her in Mexico. Uh, so that's elote, the ocelot. And then the on top, that's, that's Nessa, that's the ajolado. And so that's very, that's native to Mexico as well. That's super cool. And um, 
you said that this is for like a younger demographic. Mm -hmm. um, are you finding that some of your uh, supporters, because obviously in Kickstarter, you have accumulated supporters for your past books. Are you finding that some of the um, supporters for your past books are coming back, even though this one's for a younger demographic? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of them. This one's actually much more, I have way more female backers than the other ones. All my superior ones, I have pretty much an even amount or a little bit more on male side for my superiors. This one is predominantly female. What do you what think I, that's attributed to? Just nerds like me like superheroes? Well, that's one. And then two, <laughs> the princesses. And so I don't know if a boy would buy a princess book if not to gift it. Hell yeah, we're going to buy a princess book. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> Like, it's a like there's a princess book. Like, you, I have Ian Kerner on here every other week talking about Princess Leia, like in Wonder Woman. Like, we we all, it's a princess book. But I, I get what you're saying. If you're discovering it for the first time, a guy mm -hmm. is probably like, oh, I'm I'm gonna opt for the superheroes, and then yeah. I'm gonna get. So this is more like a prequel story in in like a oh. sense. This is a, or establishes the the pantheon cool. of the world. Like establishes kind of like. The, the stuff that's going to happen later. Um, it's sure. getting bigger and bigger. And you're following yeah. the same model. You put out five of these. Mm -hmm. And then you put out a six that combines them all. Correct. Have you thought about what's going to happen after that? <laughs> like, are we going to do the future? Or are we going to do, I don't know, something else? Or are you just um, gonna, like taking well, it one at a time? I'm supposed to have a phase three, and that's supposed to be Latina superheroes. So that's supposed to happen. Right now, I'm doing to well, one project for sure is already going right now because i have six books going uh six comics going because one's wrapping up right now another one's wrapping up and so and then i have to do one more project that i really wanted to do prior and so i don't i'm not quite sure when i'm going to do the latina superheroes but eventually they all will meet um and i also have to do a a v2 a volume two of all my superheroes the, the ala brava superheroes as well so i'm between that and the volume two of La Brava or Latina superheroes, which just means male and female and non-binary. Okay, hold up. I just thought of something, and I'm wondering if this... Are you writing a lot of these concurrently with each other? I'm writing... I write all the books. I know, no, no, but I mean, while you're writing... You're not writing, like... You're writing, like, two at a time, right? Or, like... Or are you overlapping? Like, how much are you overlapping? That's really the question. It's like, how much are these books overlapping with each other? I know you're writing all of them. But um, do you wait for, like, one idea to get out the door before another idea comes in? Because no, that, I don't think you can, sense. is it? It doesn't make sense at all. They all kind of, you you have to sift them all, right? Like, all the voices are screaming. Like, as a creator, all the voices scream at the same time. And then you almost, <laughs> I mean, that's how I am. I feel like I'm sifting sand when I create stuff. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, yeah, the, you get all the voices. And mm -hmm. you just have to sift them as much as possible. And no. the ones that kind of coalesce the the the, the earliest, they start mm -hmm. kind of exiting first, and they start heading to the finish line. As the mm -hmm. other ones kind of coalesce, as you sift, and they start kind of going off. But yeah, several stories are being told at the same time. That's right? interesting. Um, no, I have stories on the back burner. That's the way I kind of call. And it. you leave them there. If I when I want to, I can bring them forward whenever I feel like it. Um, mm. But yeah, because I just write down notes when I have notes. Because I have, I do have like my Latina superheroes. I have like three of them already written down because they're fun and they're easy, right? Because uh, those are going to be my antiheroes. But for my V two, I already have. I hired actually two authors or two writers ready to write out two of my books. And I wanted to write out one particular one, so I haven't, I haven't written that one out yet. Um, but the way I do it, I just 
I just do the ones I want, honestly. That's kind of how it is. I'm just not there yet because I have certain other projects that I'm working on that has nothing to do with my my work. And so that's where I'm at right now. But I'll figure it out. I have this year's, I'll know whether or not I have two or three features I'm writing, and then I will go back to my work, meaning my mm-hmm. comics. But to answer your question prior, I, I always have to be ahead. So Catherine Hardwick has a, a saying that's fix it in pre. And that's very much me, right? Like you always have to fix it in pre. Because when you're in production, you can't go back on it, right? Like there's no turning back ever. And so like I had I, love, I had Majestics, which is the sixth book, the team up book done when they're barely getting on the second book, when, which is Alora. She's my second princess, my, my witch princess. And so it's just like that. Like you, I always have to be, for sure for comics, you have to be five steps ahead because it takes so long in production. It takes the six months plus plus the actual sending it to um, to printers, which takes a couple months anyway. So like Alora right now is wrapping up in regards to my lettering and my editing rather. And so I have three months out. So she'll be out for WonderCon, which is in March, right? Cause I have to see it. And then the next one, I have to see if she's for Comic-Con uh, San Diego. And so like, it's just that. You have these three, four month windows that you have to keep <laughs> putting these books out because that's what the con schedule is. I mean, we're going to see you at LA Comic Con mm-hmm. the first weekend of December. And then yeah. after that, it's kind of a race to WonderCon and then with mm-hmm. San Diego. And then you just did New York and you're going to be back in New York, I'm guessing, again next year. Okay. So that's yeah. four books, four books a year, kind of like evenly, roughly paced three months apart. Um, <laughs> I love that you mentioned. Yeah, Catherine Harwick, her presentation that I saw was Fix It in Prep. And that's why I got <laughs> to see all of her awesome floor plans and storyboards and mm-hmm. sketches and stuff. A lot of sketches. I love I love sketches because oh. I get self-conscious about my sketches. I'm not an artist. I do draw, but I don't. I, I You have to draw very quickly when you're creating mm-hmm. stuff uh, and collaborating with others. Like you don't want to you don't want to muck up the process. You want to have a, a kind of a quick output. And mm-hmm. so you just want to get ideas down, uh, which I think we've, we both talked about. Um, and so her sketches were like really cool and really rough and had a ton of personality. And afterwards I went up and just like gave her a big hug. It was like, mm-hmm. thank you so much for showing that. That was so reaffirming because yeah. when you don't show that, because I don't hang out with too many other directors you see, them, but when you hang out with directors, nobody like nobody's busting out their floor plans. Like I don't that I mean, I think that's what I meant to say. I hang out with a lot of filmmakers. Nobody's like, hey man, let me show you my directing book. Let me show you my floor plans. Like everybody kind of has their own method. And mm-hmm. uh in in not talking to other directors about my method, I look at my uh directing notebooks, which to me are like my diaries. I love them very much. And um, and I did some drawing. When did I show drawings? I showed drawings to some geekscapists right before my wedding because they were coming into town. And Shane, one of the geekscapists, said, "You need to draw more." And I said, "I do draw. People just don't see them." And I get self conscious about this stuff because I, if you look at these notebooks, you're going to think that I'm like the killer from Seven. Like some of these, <laughs> like some of this stuff is so rough and sketch, but it's done in a hurry to get the ideas down. Yeah. That when when Catherine showed me her, like sketches that would make you think that she's the killer from seven i was just so happy i was like you're right and you're right fix it and prep like you save so much money um and so i gave her a big hug and said i love you and she said i love you too and i said thank you for showing that (laughs) very good and i took i can send you the photos i took of like her creative stuff i definitely took a lot of photos of that stuff um okay so here's what the mission keeps gave us because Caden's busy and we're not going to keep her. 
and drone on about directing and Jonathan's insecurities as a filmmaker. This is what you got to do. All right, Geekscapists, I want you all listening. First off, uh, you need a vote so we don't all descend into a hellscape uh, any further than we already have. Okay, so first off, if you're listening to this live and you got a week left to vote, please vote in the midterms, Americans. Um, don't let things like Brazil dissuade you where things didn't go to Bolsonaro's way and suddenly there's people locking down cities and running in the streets. Uh, we just got to push forward, Geekscape, so you got to vote. Uh, second thing I want you to do is I want you to go to Kickstarter and I want you to uh, look for the Masika Aztec Princess uh, Kickstarter. It is past its goal of 3,000. It's currently at 3,577, but don't let that dissuade you. You're going to get a comic. You're going to get a comic book. Like You're paying for a comic and you're paying for Caden to keep her workflow going and keep this story rolling and in, in getting it in bigger, better places. Um, so if you're looking at this thing, there's some cool incentives. Uh, after uh, you donate enough, you're going to get an advanced signed copy of the book. Maybe you get two so you can gift one. Um, there's a, what is the gift or receive club? Uh, you get to donate it actually. I believe that one. Okay. Well, that also, so that's our youth organization this time instead of the Girl Scouts. Uh, mm-hmm. they're super cool. They're over here. Um, you know, they're very, they're LA based over here. They are really cool. Um, this is for the younger members, of course, of the Poderosa mm-hmm. organization, but they, they go to the games, they go to the, um, Angel City games, um, all together, you know, with their flags and everything like that. And so, I thought they were a really cool group to give the books to. Yeah. It sounds like this would be right up their alley too. They would yeah. definitely dig this stuff. Um, it's, and then uh, you can actually get drawn into the Majestics yeah. comic. So that's the last one for sure. So Majestics is the team up one. So that's where they all meet at the Princess Academia. And so that's where the girls come together. Um, there's a whole big story to that. I'm not going to tell you, but you can get drawn into it as one of the princesses or staff if you're a male <laughs> well uh geeks gave us no spoilers here uh, <laughs> but definitely go to kickstarter check out this um this campaign and donate to it if you want to jump on board so that you too can be like oh yeah i knew caden way back when uh yeah. she was on geekscape and i've been a supporter since the princess stuff and dudes donate to the princess thing come on now like don't be silly I know you like superheroes as much as I do. We'll obviously be up here next week talking some Black Panther uh, when the movie comes out. But th- listen, the princess books, go go, go get that one where you get one, you're going to read it, and then the second one, you're going to gift. So do that Kickstarter one, all right? Um, go look for it. Uh, Kate, I guess we're going to see you at LA Comic Con. We've been... Mm-hmm. We've been submitting some panels and getting some panels approved so Geekscapers will be at LA Comic Con. I can only guess you're going to have a booth there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with the Creator's Court. What is that? Creator's it's Court like a... is Comic Bug and Collector's Paradise put together, so we have a whole row just for us. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Like uh, You've almost like bullied it. Like You turned around. <laughs> you, tur- you turned down the wrong aisle, man. Now you're going to get nothing but indie books, and you better be ready for it. Which is a great thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, New York Comic Con, correct me if I'm wrong, but last time I was in New York Comic Con a few years ago, I thought the best thing about New York Comic Con was the Artist Alley. It used to be in a separate kind of building. I don't know if it is anymore. No, we're downstairs now. That's what, like, you have to go and it's just Artist Alley. Like, when you're down, like, like, if it, that's the best way. Like, I I found that downstairs area Mm -hmm. the true con. Like, to me, that was the real con. Down there, it was just artists. Our own Fernando Pinto was there from Chile. He did the Geekscape logo. 
he's our yeah. guy um when i went to new york comic-con last time and it was that separate little artist alley that's all in the downstairs area i was like this is the real con everything yeah. up there is the big stuff and the flashy stuff this is where the real stuff gets created and i just hung out there i thought it was awesome that's like the heartbeat of that con it, it is we had really cool people we had um frank miller was there in front one row in front of me was uh, kevin eastman we had snyder was one row behind me we had really cool really cool people there and so it was just packed the whole time through well we've had kevin on the show i'd love to have kevin back on the show but you go ahead and put a word in for me with uh scott snyder and uh and frank miller <laughs> hit him up you send him like a what do you do send him a dm something like that just hit him up send him Why an email not? all right be like hey okay. come on geekscape watch this idiot ramble for a bit um <laughs> I think that's it, Geekscape. Is you got your missions, you're going to vote and you're going to donate to this uh, Kickstarter campaign and uh, follow Caden on social media. Let me find out where that is, Caden. Social media, Latina where they follow superheroes. you. So Instagram is at Latina Superheroes, uh, plural. And then the other one is Latina Princesses, also plural. Okay. So yeah. if you've got a problem with the princesses, you can follow Latina Superheroes. I'm not going to jump on that anymore. <laughs> uh Caden, thanks for being on geekscape love it um love sharing you with the audience in geekscape is um tell your friends to subscribe we got a brand new episode coming up next week we're definitely gonna be talking with wakanda forever after we've seen that film um and i get solicited a lot of guests now and um i pick and choose all right i want to support the right people um and sometimes i just i'm it's like writing your scripts Caden. like i pick guests based on like interest like i want to have to talk to these people um but so we we were pretty chock full through the rest of the year and we have a ton of la comic-con panels that you'll also get on the feed um so you're going to want to subscribe you're going to want to share this with your friends um and what also helps our visibility is leave those little five-star reviews so all that stuff helps keep sharing we got like 30 shows in the network so just search for geekscape something's going to scratch the itch uh for your pop culture needs and find us on social media and communicate with us and all that um till next time this is geekscape i want y'all to don't hate create and caden thank you for being on the show thank you bye geekscapers you're listening to the geekscape network